This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag and indeed.com. Welcome into another episode of the A-List podcast. I'm Kwanee Lunas, joined by H-Rod Blakely and Gary Washburn. The season's over, but like we mentioned last week, there's still so much to talk about. If anything, the NBA offseason has the most drama. So let's Listen, start with the Celtics. <laughs> exactly. The NBA season don't stop, won't stop. That's no, what I'm talking never. about. Never. It's without never. drama or nonsense. <laughs> right. So we, we got, I guess we got a little bit of news on the Celtics front. Uh, yes. Will Hardy. Will Hardy, yep. Heading to Utah as the next yeah. head coach, reportedly. What is your reaction to that? Well, I, I've I've uh, had a chance to get to know Will a little bit when he was down in San Antonio because uh, he used to play ball in New England. And uh, Will's just a good dude. Uh, just Let's just get that out of the way first and foremost. But he's one of those young up-and-coming coaches who, when you start looking at the resume, um, it's clear that he's ready to be a head coach. I mean, when you look at the success that he was surrounded by at San Antonio, you look at the one year he comes to Boston and he's like the lead assistant on a team that gets all the way to the NBA Finals. If you watch the Celtics play and you, you watch Ime Udoka as a leader, Almost every time out, the first person he's talking to is Will. Uh, when there is something happening in the game where you, you can kind of feel the momentum is swinging either for the Celtics or against the Celtics, Will was always that guy that was in Ime's ear, uh, either you know just saying something or reminding him of something, just being that great lieutenant. But the question we all have is just, can you make that smooth transition to that, those six inches over and be a head coach? Because it is a much different ball game. Uh, and I, I think Will's going to do well there. Um, but for them, again, Will is just finding a way to work the key players together. And I'm speaking specifically about Donovan Mitchell. I'm speaking about, you know, Gobert. They need to make some decisions on how that's going to play out, how that dynamic is going to work and whether it should be working going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, but Will, I think, is a solid choice for Utah as they, I, I think with his hire is basically them kind of bringing in some new blood, hoping that they can get a jolt the way the Celtics did when they brought in Ime Udoka. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of good candidates. Joe Mazzulla applied for the job. Jerome Allen. There's a lot of candidates that are good. And, you know, um, but as I said, sometimes you just, you know, we don't really know how much of an impact Will Hardy had. We think we do, but there was a lot of guys there on that staff that were contributing. So, um, you know, it sounds like a good hire. He's 34 years old, the youngest coach of the NBA. It sounds like the Utah Jazz are playing the long game when it comes to their, their organization. They're not going to maybe worry about winning immediately next year, but to groom a, a good coach who can be there for a decade or more, because obviously he's very young and he knows what he's doing. It sounds like he's very, you know, he's very sharp. I mean, and obviously now Udoka's forming a Ime Udoka tree uh, in terms of his coaching. But, um, you know, I think the Celtics are going to have to figure out how to replace him, who to bring in. I'm sure Ime is probably getting calls and texts as we speak with, with uh, coaches who are interested in joining the staff and what kind of coach would be best for this team. Is it, um, you know, another young kind of whippersnapper? Is it a veteran retread coach who's looking to, you know, get on a staff again and who could have an impact on Tatum and Brown and some of the veterans, uh, you know, kind of an old head, quote unquote. I mean, all because the staff really, um, honestly doesn't have that type of guy, you know, it doesn't have that, that old head or that, that vet who uh, can kind of calm Udoka down or give him a tip. I mean, the staff is very good, but it was also very young. So uh, we'll see which direction he may decide to go in. Cause I think he'll have great options in any of the categories. I'm sure, you know, the Sam Mitchell's and some of these guys, uh, the Mike Woodson's and some of these guys who are looking, you know, just to want to be on a staff again, looking to have an impact will be uh, hitting them up. And I'm sure there's, he has a, some younger coaches in mind uh, or he could pluck someone from another staff, you know, yeah. uh, who's up and coming. And so th that's the thing. There's no uh, kind of guidelines here. He can do what he wants. So I'm sure he'll have a lot of interest for this position. And we were talking offline about the fact that, when this team is successful, of course, that means more eyes are going to be on that roster, whether it's the players or the coaches as well. And you mentioned the fact that Udoka now has a coaching tree already, but how does he continue to be successful 
in a way where he doesn't continue to move, lose more people on his staff, if that's even possible. Go ahead, Gary. Um, I'm not sure it is possible. I think that when you, I mean, he gathered together a lot of good young coaches, and that's what a lot of the teams in the league are looking for now, the good young coach. Utah could have brought in, you know, a retread, someone who could try to revive that roster because obviously it's a team that has a lot of chaos. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they've underachieved over the last couple of years. Uh, Quinn Snyder just got tired. You know, he was just Mm -hmm. worn out. Uh, You know, so you look at the uh, organization, new leader, obviously, with Danny Ainge. uh, He's looking for another Brad, it sounds like. He's looking for another guy who can guide this organization to the next level, uh, to the next phase. So if you're the Celtics, uh, their success, they're going to bring, people are looking at Joe Missoula, people are looking at, at their guys and, and are going to probably start calling those guys and those guys are going to get interviews. So I don't know if, if the EMA can protect any of his guys. I think he's just got to have kind of a, a list of replacements uh, on his staff to, to, for, for those who lead because you never know. What if someone wants to make Joe Missoula their lead assistant? He could leave, you know, like there is no kind of ballpark. There's no guidelines for this. Like there's no, you know, Missoula, you could just take Missoula and give him a promotion. And you, so like a team could look at him and be like, yeah, we like him. We want him to be uh, associate head coach, like, you know, the titles, whatever. So he going to have to react to that. He's going to have to figure out who he wants, what kind of staff he wants to have and go from there. Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing is, is that, and, and Gary, you touched on this, which I think is absolutely critical, is you've got to have a list of, of candidates in your pocket that you can whip out at any given moment. Because the way that the coaching cycle works, and we're not, and we're talking about the NBA, but we might as well lump the college game into it as well. Because would anybody surprise, be surprised if Missoula got an offer to coach at the college level? I wouldn't. And, and that's, where, if you're Ime Yudoka, you have to be ready to flex in whatever direction that you have to. And when you have coaches on your staff that people are talking about, that people want to talk to for jobs, that's flattering. That means something is happening in a good way with your organization. Uh, It is what we absolutely would call a good problem to have, but that doesn't diminish the fact that it is a problem. You don't build the kind of continuity that you want with your staff when every other year you've got someone leaving to go this place and that place. Uh, Brad Stevens didn't have that problem, and in large part, because Brad Stevens' squad wasn't balling out the way Ime did in his first year. Yeah. I mean, if Brad Stevens would have gotten to the NBA Finals after year one, I'm pretty sure that at least one or two of his guys, you know, Larry Nega specifically, would have got a head coaching game if something like that would have happened. Uh, I, instead, he was a loyal soldier to Brad for years, and then, you know, he left and all that. But the, the point is this. You have to be ready for change if you're Ime Udoka. Just like you approach your roster where, you know what, next man up, you've got to have that same mentality with your coaching staff. Only difference is instead of plucking from your roster, you're actually plucking from the basketball landscape. And, and some of the names that Gary threw out there is possibilities. Um, that would speak, if he was able to get like a Mike Woodson in here, who and Gary knows this as better than anyone, I love Mr. Woody. That's my dude. That's my dude. Everyone, uh, for the record, bad, bad choice. He's a coach at Indiana. That's not happening. My fault. I shouldn't even mention because I forgot he's a, he's a head coach at Indiana University. You, you act you act like that. You Woody act like that's leaving. a hindrance. Is that you a act, Woody you, you Woody act, leaving, Gary? Woody ain't leaving IU for a assistant for, coaching job. For a NBA coaching for, job. No, if they no. for an associate head coaching job, no, it's his alma mater. He's not leaving IU after a year. So. We could talk, like I said, Sam Mitchell. Uh, there's plenty of. There's good know, ones. Former, but I, I had to latch on to Woody because yeah, that's I my know, guy. I know. And you, you know you did former that. assistant coaches why, out there. Why did you trigger me? You said you why did you trigger me? Former like head that? coaches out there who would be looking to be that kind of uh, stabilizing force on Emay's roster. And the question is, do they need that? Does, does Jason need someone to pull him aside when he's struggling in games and be like, hey, man, you know, that's the one thing that the staff kind of lacked. Like Ime has NBA experience. That's good, but they don't have that stabilizing force, former 10, 12 year veteran other than Ime on their staff to say to Jalen, Jason, Marcus, Hey, calm your ass down. This is what you know we what? need to you. 
this is what I, I think this is what I, I think will happen. I think he'll promote Joe Missoula for the simple fact that he knows and I know and you know, Missoula is probably the next one to go. Uh, to, and get a head coaching gig. So you promote him to your lead assistant. Okay. And I think you bring a guy like Aaron Miles, who is kind of more of a kind of a player uh, working with Jason Tatum type of coach, elevate him to that full coach, make him a bigger part of the coaching staff, give him a little bit more responsibility. That's get cool. They and, need an old head. I'm sorry. They what? need, they need like an old, like they need a dude who can tell Jason and Jalen and Marcus, like tell them what's up. Like, and Eme can do that, but you don't always want your head coach. You don't want your head coach to always do that. So I think they need a vet on the staff who's not looking to be the head coach, who's not looking, you know, like an an Alvin Gentry, someone who can, knows knows the game, knows, has been around the block. There's a lot of guys out there like that who would love to come to Boston, especially for this, in this program, for this organization and work. So Ime's got, you know, do you add another, you know, 32-year-old guy on the staff? Yeah, you could, you know, hey, you know, that'd be nice. But to me, you add someone who commands their respect when he walks into the room. And there are plenty of coaches out there, and even former Celtics probably, who would love to have that responsibility. Let me ask you this, G. Let me ask you this, because I was, I, was I was thinking that, and I'm glad you opened that door. What about Paul Pierce? Would you bring Paul, Paul Pierce? Pierce? Doing that. Paul no, Pierce is not no. on the clipboard. They need someone Paul that Pierce can, is, like a disciplinarian in sort of sorts. Paul Pierce is Paul Pierce is not going to Charlotte and Milwaukee in a back to back. It's just not, sorry. Yeah, like, that's no. true. No, Charlotte. Like Paul Pierce would be like an assistant GM. I think that Brad a consultant to the GM. Like advisor. So, like, <laughs> yes, like I think Paul wants to get the management assistant coach. Yeah, no, looking for a guy you know, who wants to get back. I don't think Paul particularly wants to get back on the road like that. And I said that's a it's a grinding job. It's going back to your your playing days pretty much in terms of the travel. So it's going to summer league. You think Paul going to spend a week a week at summer league? No, no. You know what? There, there's a he, gonna, he might hang out in Vegas, but like, but it's not a bad idea to have him as an advisor, even K, a KG type. That personality, that's yeah, but real with I you agree. At all time. In terms of like management, but you're talking about you're not coaching. coach, yeah, 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 getting on the team buses, eating <laughs> in the hotel. Like those dudes aren't doing that anymore. Like yeah. they don't unless unless they really love to get. Like a lot of guys, they're good. Being Paul lives in Malibu, he's chilling, chilling with his kid, watching his kids grow up. He's not trying to move back to Boston unless they offered him a GM position. Then he'd move back to Boston. The same so with like a who would be a veteran type with that grind Sam Mitchell. Like a guy Sam, like, Sam. A guy like Sam Mitchell, yeah. a guy like an Alvin Gentry, who's now kind of an assistant, uh, you know, took a consultant position with the, with the, with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, you know, you could, you could look at like someone like that, like someone who's maybe had a couple of stops as an NBA head coach, bounced around a little bit, maybe isn't ready or, probably won't be a head coach anymore, but can offer a lot of, you know, Avery Johnson, you know, like a guy who who could, who's been around the block, who has played with some great players and who wants to still stay in the game and coach. That's the thing. Paul don't need the money. KG don't really know. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not, but management. Yeah. You can make personnel decisions. You can trade Mm -hmm. like, yeah, Paul would want to be in those meetings. So would KG, but like assistant coach. No. uh Uh-uh. Listen, I, I would my first pick if I had that opening and I wanted to go with someone with a little bit more more uh, more seasoning would be Sam Mitchell, uh, not only because of his personality, but also because he has a direct connection with a guy that you started to see some growth in, but he needs to take his game to another level. And I'm talking about Grant Williams, Sam Grant Williams first camp that he went to as a kid was Sam Mitchell's camp. They have a relationship that goes back decades. And Sam and I, Sam and I had a conversation about this earlier this year where, you know, when they first saw Grant, their thought was, man, he's going to make a pretty good football player one day. And as they got to know him better, they realized, you know what? He's a pretty damn good basketball player, really smart. And, and the thing that Sam, and Sam and I, we talked about this extensively. He said, Grant is one of those guys that he, with the in the right system, 
he can be a great role player for you as long as he understands what his role is and doesn't try to do more than that, but make sure he doesn't get comfortable and do less than that. Sam, I think, would be the one guy that could, I think, help Grant take his game to another level. And when you look at this roster, it's not like the Celtics are going out there and they've got the money and flexibility to add a third superstar. They need their role players to be better. Sam could be one of those guys that can, I think, amplify the play of Grant Williams. And, and Sam Williams, I mean, if we're just keeping it real, TV 100, great stories, great storyteller. And he, as, as much as we love Kevin Garnett, you talk to Kevin Garnett about who really was kind of like the one that kind of helped one of the many people that helped kind of get his game to where it's at. Sam Mitchell is in that, in that boat. So you look at the connections he has with the franchise, you look at the experience factor. I mean, he hell, he's a former coach of the year uh, in the NBA, uh, which as it turns out, is like kind of like the kiss of death because damn near everyone who gets coach of the year is fired within two years of being coach of the year. Um, and that, which is exactly what happened to him. But Sam is a good coach. He'd be a good lead assistant. Another guy, that I see, and this is only just because I know him and I know what he brings to the game, will be somebody like Lindsey Hunter, who, again, he, he's been out of the NBA game for a while, but Lindsey was a dog. Lindsey was a gritty, grimy, in-your-face, did not care who you were, who you was, he would let you know where he comes from. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if Tatum is playing I'll like take that, garbage. Well, I'll take that back, though, okay? They do have Damon Stoudemire in the staff. Okay, oh, my yeah. fault. So, yeah, yeah, Damon... Doesn't have NBA head coaching experience, but he's an old man. But he's a dog. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to take that away from Damon Stoudemire. It's like, oh, they don't have anybody. They do. So that I'll, I'll you know, but he does. He came from college. He, he, you know, like this is his first real NBA position. So they could elevate Damon. Damon could be that guy too. So I don't want to take anything away from Damon Wait. Stoudemire. Yeah. They do have him on the staff. Obviously, I don't he was a lead assistant, but he's that guy who could, t- could talk to Jalen and talk to Jason whatever he's been in the wars and he's a was an all-star great player at one time one of the top you know Isaiah Thomas to me before Isaiah Thomas um in terms of his creativity and ability to score for his size so he could he he could be that person too he could fill that more that fill that role but to me I think they need to add another vet on to the staff with NBA head coaching experience but you know what, Gary, part of part of, I think, the challenge for them to really kind of be in guys' faces more uh, this past season was they didn't know these dudes. Uh, it, it takes a little bit of time to get comfortable with folks where you can say things that you normally wouldn't say. Uh, their conversations, I mean, for example, their conversation that you and I have that we couldn't have with other folks because they'd be ready to fight. But we, we, we can have those conversations because we know each other. I think Damon Stoudemire... I think you're right, Gary. I think he's one of those guys that could be that. I think Aaron, again, I, I'm, I'm a big Aaron Miles fan. Um, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that among all the players that Eme could have paired Aaron Miles with, he paired him up with his best player, Jason Tatum. I, there, there's, I, there's a tremendous amount of, of respect he's got for Aaron Miles to basically put him in charge of working with the most valued commodity on your team. And so that's why when I think about this opening, it would not shock me if Aaron Miles uh, finds himself in a more elevated position. Because, again, he spent this entire season working with your best player, who was your best player last year and was even better this year. Granted, he he didn't shoot the ball nearly as well, but Jason Tatum's ability to impact and lift this team up when they needed it more times than not, he was able to deliver. And Aaron Miles, I I do believe, had a lot to do with that. Um, So... Well, this conversation is a perfect lead-in for one of our favorite sponsors, which is Indeed.com. No Indeed one has- it is, Kwani. Indeed, Indeed it is. Indeed it is. You know, you know. <laughs> but Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of setting, spending hours on multiple job sites and searching for candidates with the right skill sets, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that you can help to do it all for you. They help you find faster talent, talent faster through time-saving tools like the Indeed Instant Match assessment and virtual interviews. With Indeed's Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match the job description. And the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. So if you're looking to hire for your business, Indeed is your number one source. You can use our code A-List at Indeed.com slash A-List, and you'll get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post and find you the best candidate. Indeed.com slash A-List. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we've been talking about the front office, so let's move a little bit 
further into the front office, to the top of the front office, specifically to Brad Stevens. It's his first year in that position for the Boston Celtics. What would you give him as a grade for what he's been able to pull off this year? I give him a B plus. Okay. B plus. Um, he, 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 he did a good job. I mean, I, I, there's still the one thing I will, I will say that he did not address uh, in the moves he made was he didn't get a, a, a much needed shooter. They needed someone who could be just a knockdown shooter. I thought he did a good job of adding a versatile wing, you know, and, 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 and uh, Derek White. I thought he did a good job of bringing back Tice, who gives them depth. Wasn't going to give them impact per se, but gives them a body that they're familiar with, that they can work with as, as a third option. Uh, and certainly, you know, the first deal right out the gates. I mean, getting Al Horford back in the fold. Uh, little did we know that Al Horford, we, we thought the tank was half full. It was more like three quarters full. Um, Al was great. And that was one of the better moves Brad made. When you look at the move, uh, the impact it had on the team. And you, as much as you hate to admit it, the player that you sent out uh, just, just, I mean, we talking Enron like stock after he left Boston, it just kept going lower and lower and lower. And you feel bad for him because he's such a great person. But uh, as a player, you know, this was just a really bad year for him. And, and unfortunately it made his best days are well in the rearview mirror right now. But Brad Stevens, I thought was a B plus, um, which is, which is good. Uh, but, but by no means can he feel good that he did everything possible. I think, again, I think had they been able to add a sharpshooter who could help them, we're probably talking about the Boston Celtics and Banner 18. If he could have added one guy who was a legit bona fide bucket getter. Um, mm. So I don't know, Gary, Gary's, Gary Gary's a little bit harder than me. So I expect his yeah. grades to be worse. What you got? Oh, First of all, C minus real quick on the assistant coaching position, assistant coaching position. Yeah. Hey man, nothing wrong with hiring a woman for that position too. Nothing Absolutely. wrong with promoting a, a top-notch uh, former WNBA player. Somebody's been in awards on the WNBA side. I know, you know, they had Carol Loss a couple years ago. There's nothing wrong. Obviously, obviously, nothing wrong. Be a great thing if they can get a quality female coach on that staff too. So, uh, you know, that's also a possibility. I, I would suggest that they look into the, some of the to, uh, candidates for that position too as a woman. So it doesn't have to be a man. Doesn't have to be a former NBA coach, but it yeah. can be somebody with some. WNBA strike, somebody who's been around and can command the respect of their players. Uh, I give Brad like a B. Um, I thought he did a solid job. I'm not crazy about the Derek White trade still. I think they gave up way too much. Um, a first round pick, a, a pick swap, Josh Richardson and Romeo. And I'm not a big Romeo guy. I mean, I don't think that's a, it's going to affect the franchise losing Romeo, but you give up your four first round pick, another first round pick, a pick swap and Josh Richardson. I, for a lot, that's a lot for Derek White, you know, and I know White had was, was signed through a couple, has a couple more years in his deal. And that was part of it. But um, I don't know if he's worth the 17 million. We'll see, you know, and I don't want to put a, close the book on him and we'll see what happens in the off season when he gets some, a chance to get used to living in Boston and being a new dad and all the changes that he went through during that, that, that transition period during trade deadline. But uh, that was a lot. That's a that's seventeen million dollars for a lot. That's a that's a lot of money for a guy who's a you know kid not good at hitting open shots or whatever. Like I, I need to see more from Derek White to say that was a good trade. I don't think it was a very good trade at this point. Um, like you, Sherrod, you're right. I think he could have gotten another shooter. They went and got like Dick Stauskas, who it sounded good because he had fifty seven. Didn't points. play. Yeah, he had a set 57-point game in the G League, but somehow, whether it be in practice, they just figured out he can't play in real games. You know, like, why bring him on? I thought that Brad could have added – I always throw to Joe Johnson out there. I think he loaded the bench too much with too many guys. Or guys who are nice guys. Good story. You know, Malik Fitz and Jawan Morgan. But those guys ain't winning you no know, ball games. Those guys ain't getting you no know, championship. This is not the damn – Atlanta Hawks, Charlotte Hornets. This is not a developmental team. This ain't the G League Ignite. You know, this is the Boston Celtics. You're trying to win the championship. And then, you know, so I don't think Brad did Ime any favors with the lack of depth on that roster. 
And maybe he thought Stauskas was going to be better than he was and was be able to have impact in the game since he's a former first-round pick, and that didn't work out. And, you know, I get it, Sam Howells, you can develop, and Matt Ryan and Brian Thomas, two-way guys, you know. But, like, some of those other guys on the bench, and then the Tice deal, like, they couldn't figure out where to play Tice. Like, he didn't play much in the finals. They, could, they didn't have a place for him. Like, he couldn't get him minutes. So I think that's on Brad. That's why he doesn't have an A. He did a good job. The hiring of Ime, although ownership also contributed to that. But I also think if you're looking at, like, he did, in a sense, let Ime down in that postseason because Ime looked at the end of his bench and was just like, man, I ain't got, like, who am I going to play? Who can I counter Jordan Poole? Who can I counter Gary Payton? Who can I counter Otto Poole? He didn't have those options. And sometimes you've got to sign those guys and bring those guys in and go over the luxury tax or risk salary cap or make a risk. And I think the risk he made was the Derek White deal, but that's a lot for one player. If they had gotten a second player with that deal, I'd have said, that's a nice deal. You're getting two pieces. You give up two players and a draft pick and a pick swap for one guy who isn't a very good shooter. And so what, what does Derek White do well? That you have to ask yourself. And I'm not, I don't know yet. I'm, I want to see. I'm not going to make a determination right now, but I thought he struggled at times during the season. He definitely struggled at times during the season, but I, I think I think Derek's strong suit is playmaking. Um, I think he gives them another guy that they can throw out there who can make plays when you've got Tatum and Brown on the floor and you may or may not have Marcus Smart out there. Um, I, I think he's a better Brad finisher. Brad said he needs a playmaker? What's that? But Brad said he needs a playmaker. He needs a point guard. Yes, he needs another playmaker. So that He's got two. Derek White? Derek White is one of the playmakers. Derek White is a playmaker. Marcus Smart. He's got two. He's got two that aren't stars. He's got two. Tatum. You've got Tatum, White, Smart. Those are your playmakers. That's it. you got three playmakers on a 17-man roster. That ain't much, I mean, Gary, and you know it. I, and you I, know I, I think I think Derek's a nice player, but I don't know if I trust him to be like run the uh, run the show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, be like that dude could facilitate. I think he can play some D. And I said, if he hits, if he start, if he knocks down open shots, he's valuable on the floor. If he doesn't, then I don't think he is. And mm. that's the problem. That's the same thing with Peyton Pritchard. Peyton's not a. If Peyton knocks down shot, that was what happened. None of the dudes that didn't score didn't do much else, so they didn't contribute. So the Celtics are playing four on five in the finals because Derek White scored three points in the last two games. Peyton Pritchard was 0 for 8 or whatever from three-point line, like in those last game five and game six. Like, to me, they've got to get a much more productive player. But I do, I do think I'll give Brad a B. But I'm, I'm, I think he gave up far too much for Derek White at this point. That's fair. The grids are in. Before we move on, because I do want to go around the association, because as you both know, there's always drama, like we mentioned at the beginning. I want to give a shout out, of course, to betonline.ag. They're our partners, and they continue to be the number one sport betting destination for you as you should know by now. Our promo code is CLNS50. They're your go-to spot for Major League Baseball. I'm sure you two saw that brawl that just went down. Baseball is getting a little exciting again. So tune in, use the app to be able to put in some betting bets overall. Bet on the fights? Yeah, bet on, no, no, bet on the games, but like it's entertaining <laughs> now. I don't think you can bet on this fight just yet. Who win this fight? The Yankees right. <laughs> That's perfect. All day, all day. Oh, it's online. funny watching baseball yeah. fights, though. It's not, I mean, no, it's it more is. like pity pack games. It's like a remember, game of pity pack. Yeah, it's like. And, and remember, too, you also have the odds of uh, who's going to win MVP next year in the NBA, who's going yeah. to, odds to go early. back, odds to return to the finals, is this with the Celtics' odds to win the finals? Like, that's also all those uh, proposition bets are, are up, uh, exactly. coming up. And obviously, in the NFL, who's going to win? In, I was looking at who's going to win NFL MVP, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. It's a Derrick Henry, you know, all those things are, are seem to be coming, you know, this is a fun time, especially in the summer because uh, football is going to be coming up in a couple of months. And after that basketball. So 
And don't and don't forget about summer league. Now you you can you can and make some cheddar off of summer league. And give you, you some, some eyeballs off of summer summer league. to expect in the season too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Sports never right. ends. You gonna put your house on the summer league game? <laughs> hey, Gary, you know, you know, my money Gary, on. you know somebody going to put some money on like Manchero oh, or no. Chet or one of them. You know, so you know what they should do, though, when they do. Use that promo code. Y'all, y'all need to cover the spread. Don't put that dude in the game. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you put the, like, like, we good. The, the spread is seven. We good. We good. Right, we good. Stop right here. Hold up, you five point favorites. Put that ball in. You up six. Like coach, call timeout, coach. We good. <laughs> I got a thousand on this game. Don't anyway, the promo code is CLNS50. Use that on betonline.ag. Betonline, they're where the games start. Let's go around the league, of course. Should we talk about Kyrie first or should we talk about Bradley Beal? Let's talk about Bradley Beal. I think that's the, the less dramatic one and the more reasonable conversation. Then we'll get into the spicy stuff. <laughs> with Kyrie, but as you both also know, Bradley Beal is expected to opt out of his current contract and sign that Supermax with the Wizards, but the only thing about that is the fact that of course, the rumors are going to continue to swirl about whether or not he could end up in another, on another team, specifically in Boston. He hasn't been able to get past the second round in Washington, so would it be in Washington's favor, but also his for them to just kind of let him go, see where they can, what they can get for him and try to rebuild, but also let him have a shot at winning a championship before he eventually retires. Well, any departure on his part is going to be initiated by him. Washington, exactly, they, yeah. there's no there's no incentive for them to be like, maybe we can put together but some players and is. trade you and win. But you, but the thing is, you, you can't. You're not going to get the kind of talent that you're going to want to put together and actually compete. And the one thing Washington will tell you is that, you know what, we had injuries, we had guys in and out of the lineup. If we're healthy, we got a chance to be a decent team, which is true. But if you're Bradley Beal, you've heard that song and dance before. You, you, that, 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 that record is getting kind of old. If only we did this, if only we had that, we were so close. If you're Bradley Beal and you look at that father and father time is looking at you, Bradley, like, okay, yeah, mess around and stay in Washington all day you want to, but I'm coming. I'm going to let you do your thing now, but I'm coming. And Bradley Bill, he's got to make a decision. I, I would not be surprised if Bradley does not re-up with Washington. It would not shock me at all. Uh, I, I think he's getting to that point, especially when he go back to, back home in the summertime and him and JT hanging out. And JT's like, yo, man, it was great going deep in the playoffs. How? Oh, that's right, Bradley. You don't really know anything about that deep playoff run life, do you, bro? Do you? Tatum won't be obviously that malicious about it, but you there have there's that vibe. You want to be able to compete with your brothers, and sometimes you may need to join forces with them. Uh, I would not be surprised if Bradley Bill decides that he needs to find a new home for the 22-23 season. And Boston's always going to be thrown out there as a possibility because of the Tatum connection. I don't think he'll come to Boston, but we're going to talk about it because that's just what we do. Uh, But he's a hell of a player. I mean, there's no knock against him. He's one of the best scorers at his position in the game. Uh, I just don't think where the Celtics are and where he needs to be, I'm not sure that's a good fit, particularly when I'm the Celtics would have to part ways with in order to get it or to make it so that their roster was in position to take on the kind of contract that he's going to demand. Gary, what do you think he does? I probably think he stays in Washington, to be honest. Um, I think he just he's take that money. I think he's take the money the and pile on the bench for the rest of his the, career. I think the Wizards will promise that they'll make, you know, they'll make the proper moves to accommodate him. I mean, you have a team now; it's not bad. Like Kyle Kuzma, continues Carl Poe, Dingy Advia. Corey Kiss. Where do you put that team, Gary? Where do you put that team in the East? Kristaps Chris Porzingis. Right like, yeah, bottom. they need another, but they're not terrible. And they had a strong start, then everybody got hurt, then they broke down, and then suddenly, and then they, and, you know, the Dinwiddie thing didn't work. Yeah. And, they, and, and the, you know, Montrez Harrell thing didn't work, or they moved him, or whatever. And that's a consistent theme. It didn't work. Yeah, no. I, and the contract like struck midnight, midnight at 10.30. Washington, you know, uh, Washington has struggled, you know, unfortunately. I mean, Rui Achimura has not turned out to be, you know, any type of, I mean, he was a lottery pick, you know. Um, and, but they have now Porzingis. Like, they just, like, they haven't had that guy that they've drafted after Beal. And remember, 
remember, Kwani, Bill is about to turn 29. He ain't that old. Yeah. Somebody else in this thing, 29, right? She ain't that old, right? I'm just saying, yeah. like, don't Bill old as dirt, the, Gary. What you talking don't about? Don't like he over the hill and all that. Damn, he hella old. I mean, like, but you opt into a five-year Supermax deal, then, like, your career June flies 28th, by. Ni- June 28th, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Kawani was in the cradle at four, four months old. Anyway. <laughs> clown. Young Bradley Bill was born. So my whole thing is, like, I still, still think he has time. He's got to stay healthy. And I think he has a loyalty to Washington. Washington's a great basketball town. It's just can't ever get out of its own way. I, it, it's really, really sad. Some of the, you know, downfall, you know, the John Wall thing just eventually didn't work out. And, I mean, they've had number one overall picks and they've had franchise caliber players and they've gotten injured. It's never worked out. So Chris Weber, Sheet Wallace, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a lot of money to leave on the table, but what are you going to do? How, who, what are you going to trade for Washington to watch? Because let's be honest, the Wizards trading Beal, he's a, another franchise guy, right? He's a guy that, that he's going to maybe eventually have his number retired there. So you're going to ask yeah. for a lot of money, a lot of, sorry, a lot of assets back. Mm-hmm. for Bradley Beal and you're going to have to match salaries if he let's say he opts in to the final year of his deal or whatever right because he's not a free agent he could just opt in and he can sign an extension he opts in and asks for a trade or whatever you're getting a dude on with the final year of his contract you know the 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 which is going to ask for Jalen two or three first round like they're going to ask for a lot yeah. like I don't mess with that like, I like Bradley Beal. He's a solid player. Is he a number one guy? I don't know. But the Wizards have to figure out, how does he work with Porzingis? You know, can we get, if you're the Wizards, our young guys to step up and be players? You know, the Rui Achimuras. Like, they have a lot of, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of questions on their roster that it's just, you just don't know. Like, you know, and they've tried, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a strange situation, Washington. Like they're just a strange, a strange franchise. Uh, but to me, I think he stays um, and ends up being, you know, he gets his number retired there and he, he puts loyalty at 250 million. You also walk it away from too. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of money. Moving on to Kyrie, because that's that's a whole saga in itself. On Monday, there were reports that KD still hadn't talked to the Nets front office. We weren't even sure if Kyrie was going to opt back in. But at the end of the day, Kyrie reportedly opted back into that $36.5 million contract option for the Brooklyn Nets. So it looks like there might be a reunion of KD and Kyrie back in Brooklyn. Do we think this is viable and do we even think Kyrie is going this duo gonna stay together in Brooklyn? Go on, Gary. You got it. <laughs> it's a stressful question. Talk about your boy. Talk about your boy, Gary. Yeah, I mean, I think boy. I think this is one last shot. I think that obviously Kyrie looked around and tried like first of all, it's a very difficult situation. LA the was team, the only one, yeah. The teams that can afford you are rebuilding. You're not gonna go to Detroit, you're not gonna go to Portland. Portland's not going to like their, your options are limited. The teams who have real money, you know, who can really afford you don't want you and they don't want a 30 year old player with a lot of, uh, you know, baggage. And also, I mean, they're not going to win a championship with you. So he just put himself in a really bad spot. He's a free agent in a bad year. So I thought it was astute for him to go back to Brooklyn try to work it out, try to run it back see what the Nets can do, and then also make some promises to the organization. Okay, last year was a disaster. I promise, you know, I'm going to try to give you 70 games this year. Um, I'm My head's on straight. So on. it's the only thing, the only option you can do, the only option they either side has, or the uh, Nets can trade him at the deadline. You know, he's got an expiring $37 million a year contract. Now, that's a lot. A, a huge deal to move at the trade deadline. You can move it for other expiring contracts or somebody else's bad contract. But let's say the Lakers 
you know, maybe can move him from Russ, Russ's expiring deal in, in February if it doesn't work out in, in Brooklyn, if they're messing around or you could do something to try to get assets back. But I think the Nets were like, listen, like we're not signing you to no Supermax. Either you opt in or we'll work out a deal, but we're not going to commit to you long-term given what you've shown us before. I don't think anyone would do that. And I think he knows his worth around the league is less. It's declining. You know, he's a brilliant player when he's on the floor. He is a show-stopping, great player, great ball handler, can ability to finish with either hand, all of the stuff that you like. That's why it's such a he's so such an alluring player because of his talent. But then there's just so many elements in his life. You know, I'm I'm, you know. I don't know if I want to play tonight. I'm, I don't want to be vaccinated. My head ain't right. I'm just going to sit out a week. Like, you can't have that in the league. This is the NBDMA. Like, this is the National Battle of Grown Man's League. You can't have personal issues or things that are not, you know, but you're, you're showing up at your sister's birthday party or you're, you're getting it in at a game. You're, you're doing other things or, you know, oh, I'll, let, I'll, let my, I'll let my guys handle the game. I'll be here. Like, no, that's, that's not loyalty. And so I'm sure he's, he's got to do some serious talking to his, his, his teammates in Brooklyn and be like, hey, fellas, I'm sorry. I'm in. When's our first, you know, informal workout? You get Ben Simmons back. You get KD back. And you try to, you try to make up for it. That's the only option he has because at this point, he's going to end up running himself out of the league in two to three years. People don't want – unless he goes – unless he starts going to – I mean – Five, three, four years ago, Russell Westbrook was an indispensable piece. Now nobody wants him. You know what I'm saying? Like it could happen fast in this league. Look at John Wall. John Wall was a, a, a dude with all the skills, all star a couple years ago. Now he's on he's on a contract. Nobody wanted to pay him. Now he's like now he's got worth. You mean, but you go into the Clippers after getting bought out. But he's a, like the league will forget about you and keep it moving. There's too many young stars coming up. For every Kyrie Irving, there's LaMelo Ball. You know what I'm saying? There's Cade Cunningham. There's too many dudes coming into the league for you to think that the league is going to forgive you for, for past sins and, and not trip. They will keep it moved. There's only a few guys, the Kobe's, LeBron's, and Jordan's that the league will never forget. And, boy, I wish I could see him play again. Other than that, Ain't nobody gonna be forgetting about Ky remember Kyrie. Oh, I remember wish Kyrie was back. Like, no, once you're gone, you're gone. And you're begging to get back in. Like, I think Kyrie had to have kind of a kind of Jesus moment in terms of like, okay, I, I gotta be, I, I gotta show that I'm worth because this league and the league will spit you. I mean, Sherrod knows, you know, the league will spit your ass out. Look at Isaiah Thomas. He's trying to get back in, you know, that's injuries. Like it's the league is unforgiving. This is, this is not a league for sympathetic people. They'll, they'll give you a pat on the back and give you a, a plaque and a trophy and send your ass to wherever you want to live. And you can, you know, and, and you can try making the G league, like look at what the league has done. These are guys that came in nine, 10 years with John Wall, Westbrook, like Westbrook was one of MVP war a couple years ago. James Harden, there, you know, People what's up with James? Really quickly, trying, yeah, yeah, they're trying to nudge his ass out the league. Like mm -hmm. the league does not play. There's too many young stars. Pablo Ban, Paul Banchero, and Jabari. Draft night just happened. A bunch of dudes, and this will make you feel old, Kwani. Jabari Smith, born May 2003. Uh, don't say that. Ew. First 2003, <laughs> I looked at the birth dates. That's when my younger, youngest brother was born. The old May 2003. He was like a baby when LeBron, a month old, LeBron got drafted. Like, that's how fast this shit goes. We all old like, now. So you, and, and Kyrie can't, oh, I'm Kyrie. So what? Yeah. 2016, six years ago, bruh. Like, what have you done for me lately? It's Janet Jackson. Look it up, Kwani. I know the song. Don't do that. Oh, that song. You don't know about, <laughs> you know about Control Album. Don't Control. do that. So anyway, <laughs> it's what have you done for me? This is a what have you done for me lately league. And there's a bunch of kids who just got drafted who are like looking to take your spot. 
looking to take your endorsements and take all the stuff that you used to get. So Kyrie came, probably said, you know what? My my reputation and my my career is on the line here. I'm 30, but I can nudge the league is nudge you out because the league said we don't want no parts of that dude. The league is trying to nudge James Harden now. What does he have to do? You got to prove it this year. Same with Russell Westbrook. That little class, that little the dudes who came in 10 years ago, 11 are starting to get old. Blake Griffin, where you know who gonna sign Blake? Like. The league is the league is unforgiving. Physically, you slip. Mentally, you start tripping. The league is like, okay, you do you. Deuces. We gonna sign this nineteen year old. We gonna we gonna trade up in the draft and we gonna draft your replacement. Like you know, it is unforgiving. So I think Kyrie intelligently said to himself, okay. I've got to figure out a way. I can't get to LA and I ain't taking no $30 million pay cut. Even he ain't tripping. He, he might not be tripping about money, but 30 million, he ain't walking away from no 30 big ones. Right. No 30 large. He ain't doing that. Okay. <laughs> he ain't taking 6 million to play with for the Lakers. He like, hey, I love the Lakers. I would love to go play in LA, but I ain't taking, I ain't not taking that. no 500% pay cut. Hell no. Absolutely <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. I ain't taking a, a, a 20% of what I earned. So he's got to make it work because his reputation, his career, just like Westbrook this year, just like Harden, we can talk about that. Him, Westbrook, Harden, their careers are in general, their careers are on the line here. The league don't care. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm three times, seven times all. So what? That was that was 2016. <laughs> you know how many changes have we didn't had a pandemic since then? It was you know, 2016 a long ass time ago. That pandemic made everything seem like it was 30 years ago. We look back at 2019 and be like, damn, like, <laughs> those people were at the ago. game. You look, those people were at the game with no mask. Where the masks at? You know, like in locker rooms <laughs> on top of each other. Oh, God. yeah. Like you look at the, you look at an old basketball game, or, you know, like look at NBA TV and the, you know, 2019 finals. You're like, damn, all them people was in with where the, who, who got a mask on? That's very dangerous. That's unsafe. Like it made everything age so quickly. So these guys have to come to Jesus and figure out how long do you really want to be in this league or the league will politely or impolitely, in many cases, nudge your ass out. You did mention John Wall. That's one more player I did want to touch on before we wrap up. They agreed to uh, close the Rockets and him agreed to that contract buyout. He's reportedly headed to the Clippers. You mentioned the league. It's not kind to people like the way John Wall's career has been. So do you think LA will be a year for a vital year for him or will even be a relevant totally. year for him? Actually? Totally. He's a guy who's 32 years old, 31, 32 years old. He he's got to prove that he's physically ready because in Washington, he was breaking yeah. down, yeah. went to Houston and then they started rebuilding. And he signed that huge. See, that's the wizards too. The wizards signed him to that huge contract and unloaded him for Russ. And it worked out. Then Russ requests. Russ should have stayed his ass in Washington. Instead, he requested a trade, wanted to go to LA. But for Wall, if I mean the Clippers are putting together a team, like yeah. they are putting together a team to, to look out for. Now, a lot of things have to happen right for the Clippers to, to be in, push the Warriors. Kawhi's got to stay healthy. Yeah. Okay, coming off the ACL. Paul George got to stay healthy and balling. You know, but you got a lot of dudes on that team. Remember, you got Norman Powell. They just signed, we signed Robert Covington, John Wall, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, oh. Terrence Mann from nearby Lowell, Massachusetts. Like they've got some bros, some bros in that damn team. Like the Clippers are like, we took a bullet last year in terms of injuries. We didn't make the play in, all that. Okay, we lost to the Pels. But they're like, this, they on a they on a revenge tour. I guarantee you. Ty Lu is a dog. You know that Sherrod is the coach. They're on a revenge tour. Okay. So they going it's payback time for all them quote unquote suckers <laughs> who uh, knocked and beat them up last year and the Clippers and now they add John wall. Now it'll be interesting him and Reggie Jackson. Cause he, when Reggie Jackson signed that five year, $90 million deal in Detroit, John wall hadn't gotten paid yet. John Wall was like, that fool making more than me. Yeah. So they might have to have a conversation. And that's the thing about the league. The league goes around where you 
you teammates with dudes you used to be beefing with. So, but that he adds another element, and they are loaded. Remember, we I even mentioned like dudes like look Brandon Boston who got it got off on the Celtics last. Like they the Clippers are deep, they're young, and then if Kawhi them he cooperates and he's body ooh like don't mess with the Clippers. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Gary, they're the Clippers, and they're inevitably going to find some way to screw up what is an otherwise right. perfect plan. Right. It's true, though. It's it's true. You look at those Doc Rivers coach teams with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and and all them cats when they were like, you know, young and spry. They were balling. What they do? Coming up short. That's what they do. That is the clip of what they're doing. They're forced to be reckoned with. I said, we'll see what happens. I know Ty Lue's a dog, and I'm sure he's he's got to he's he'll have them ready if they're healthy. So I think that was a good move for John Wall to try to resuscitate his career. But I think we're seeing, and I, you know, you know, I know our younger viewers, you know, grew up and, you know, where, yes, you want it, <laughs> where John Wall and Kyrie were in their primes. But you'll, you guys are seeing how professional sports is and how the league, once you get to 30, especially, Starts to try to nut, unless you're Steph. Now, Steph's a special case. Some of these guys are LeBron, Kobe, uh, God bless Kobe, like were in their 30s playing at a high, high, high level. But if you slip, the league will be like, hey, man, like it was nice. You were nice. But let me, you know, hey, there's Federbachi Oker or uh, CSK Moscow. They paying too. You want to go over there? Or you want to go to China? You want to play, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> India. The way you NBA, they you got a league of that They got the NBA who play NBA Africa. Like the NBA know, is like, global now, but that's about <laughs> So they will tell you it's your time is up, bruh. Mm-hmm. So I think Kyrie saw that in the wall. And I think John Wall knew that, saw that in the wall. No pun intended. Like, like I gotta get on damn court. Yeah. And Kyrie's got to prove it. No more, um, you know, sabbaticals. No more talk. No more, just, bruh. You need the ball for like <laughs> more than more than five games in a row. Good points. Next week we're going to talk about summer league, right? We're going to preview it for all the people that have been anticipating. I think so. the most I'm going to be out there. I think Gary's going to be out there. Corny, what's, what's, what's the deal? What's I'll the deal? be out there. I'll be outside in Vegas. Okay. okay. <laughs> that Vegas. I got to prepare for that Vegas hey, heat. Hey, though. Gary. Gary, she don't know about that Vegas heat yet, though. No, I know about the Vegas heat. I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> no, better question. Is your hair ready for it? That's really what you This is why we have about. protective hairstyles, because I am not messing with that. <laughs> Because so. if you don't, if your hair ain't ready, we're going to find out real quick. The braids, the braids will be intact for Vegas. 6, but 7, 20 in the building. We'll actually do a preview before we head there. And then we'll maybe do something there or recap it. Either way, A-List Podcast is the podcast you want to stick with. For, of course, the Celtics, but all your NBA news. Once again, shout out to betonline.ag and indeed.com. Use those promo codes if you're looking to hire or if you're looking to bet. We've got you covered for Aisha Blakely and Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani A. Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. We'll be back next week. 